Hello and welcome to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. I think we're on about episode 43. Um, if you download us, this on iTunes or Spotify, great. Leave a review. If you're watching our free mushies on, uh, on YouTube, even better. Thanks very much. I'm Steve Lillis. With me, my usual co-host, John Evans. I know, John, you've had a great war. I know you've had a busy weekend. Liverpool, Leeds and... I don't know where you are tonight. You're in a you're in a different setting than usual tonight. <laughs> yeah, non-stop this weekend. It, it's good to have fights back, but sometimes you're here, there, and everywhere, aren't you? And there's no slowing down. I think we've got Bolton next week, Newcastle coming up, Liverpool. So I'll go again. Brilliant, brilliant. And it was good hearing you with Sam Maxwell the other night. I did enjoy that. I was flicking back and forward from that show. It was good. Yeah, well, Sam's really good, isn't he? Really yeah, he's, he's, he's a top I hope, lad. I hope he's he gets a... involved in that side of things when he's done. He said he's never never thought about it before, but he's made for it, really. Yeah, he's good, and he plays it down how, how he can actually speak, Sam. Look, I know he's got the um. Well, anyway, someone who's got <laughs> the um, because we're bigging up Sam Maxwell, and I might be bigging up other pundits later on. Um, he's, he's become a good, a good friend of mine over the last six, seven years. When we was at Box Nation before we both become unemployed, um, he's, a, he's a former um, world super featherweight champion. He's a seriously good commentator and analyst, seriously underused. I'm not saying that because he's my friend. And even though know, he's in a Benfica top tonight, because I'm hard if I'm doing that great. It's Mr. Barry Jones. Barry, good to see you, mate. Yeah, good. Thanks for coming on. And you're encouraging all these boxers to come and do my job. <laughs> no, that's blatantly. No, I'm not even joking. That's blatantly what you're doing. Yeah, retire and start doing Barry's job. Like, yes. <laughs> Thank you. You're right, though, Barry. Apart from like you know, every box and nicking all your work. How are you? Yeah, well, I'm mate. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, so it's been, yeah, so all good, all good. And the box, the box is back, and it was great. Obviously, Saturday seeing a lot, even though I was at home watching, but to see a, a real big crowd back seems like we it's never gone away, doesn't it? it seems like yeah. just back to normal. So that's. Uh, Positive signs. Yeah, it was good. And even look, I think, you know, quite a lot of small hall shows at the moment, they're having problems matchmaking fights. I know it's an absolute nightmare at the moment. There's fights just not, you know, cards are getting cut and a lot of these guys haven't um, renewed. But it is looking like, you know, for a card that got decimated in Liverpool the other night, John, the audience didn't look too bad from what I saw on the YouTube. No, it's good. I think all the lads who were supposed to fight, but who got pulled, the fans still came along. And Liverpool's... Uh, Everybody knows everyone in Liverpool, don't we? So although their mate might have been pulled off the bill, they probably knew someone else who was on the card. It was, yeah, uh, yeah it was good. It was good atmosphere. It looks good. And I think the tickets have gone well for the VIP show in Bolton on Saturday. Luke Evans is on that. I know he's a really good fighter. I know you rate very highly, John. So that should be good on Sunday afternoon. But unfortunately, I'll miss it because of a birthday party at home here. Not for me, mind you. Um, <laughs> anyway, fellas, you know how this works, Barry. We chat three yeah, minutes of subject, and at the end of the three minutes, you know what happens, John, and Barry knows what happens. His ding-along comes out, and uh, that's <laughs> it. There's, there's mayhem. You have to put a warning on the YouTube video saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ready? You ready at the start, John? You got your stopwatch? Yeah, we're ready to go. Round one, if, buts, and maybes. Over to you, John Evans. Yeah, the only place to start this weekend is in Leeds, isn't it, with Josh Warrington and uh, Maurizio Lara. Now, some of the stuff I've read on Twitter since the fight ended is, has been from the ridiculous where Josh was headbutting on purpose to get disqualified because he knew he couldn't win, to just ranging right through the, the full gamut. Um, personally, 
I, I was pleasantly surprised with how Josh looked, and I think he can take a lot of positives. It lasted six minutes, but I think he put a few ticks next to boxes. I, I thought he dealt with the occasion great. You know that none of us will be in that position, Steve. But Barry Barry's got a better knowledge of it. Going into fight, someone who did so much damage in such a high pressure, potentially career-ending fight. I thought he dealt with that well. But more importantly, I think he took shots well. He didn't look particularly bothered by anything that landed. In the dressing room afterwards, I like to think Josh is honest with me, and he said, yeah, you don't want to take those shots for 12 rounds, but there was nothing particularly hurt me. Um, I thought his legs looked good, and I thought he looked pretty much like the old Josh Warrington. But the big worry for a lot of us going was that maybe Josh was at, might have just come apart the first time Lara landed, but that wasn't the case. I think so, there's nothing wrong with having a bogey man. Maurizio Lara might just be Josh's bogey man. He'll never have an easy night. But I think there's plenty there to encourage him. But going forward, there's still lots left in the tank. Yeah, I, th I thought the same. I thought he was really sharp. And, and he, was, he was in and out this time. I think the, the first fight, I think, because he was a better fighter on paper and the better fighter, boxed at a higher level, he thought he could just go into Lara and walk right through him. But just because you're the better fighter doesn't mean you have the better chin. Doesn't mean you punch harder. Just means you're better all around. And I think he just thought because he was better, he would walk through him, and it never worked. And he got tagged, and then you know, as brave as he tried to recover, he couldn't quite recover. But this time he was that in and out again, like he did with Selby, in and out, and he fires his attacks. And so he was smarter. It was too early to say what would happen, of yeah. course. But yeah, he looked stronger and more, more, more uh, focused. I think focus and discipline was 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 there Saturday night. Yeah, I think he certainly showed Lara that it was a different Josh Warrington. But like you said, it was absolutely impossible to anyone. No one knows what the outcome would have been. If you ask me at the end of round one, I might have gone Warrington. At the end of round two, it was Lara's power. But, you know, what, you know, what would have happened after four or five rounds when the sting went out them shots? If that had happened, then I think Josh may well have just boxed his way to victory and might have stopped Lara late. I just think it's impossible to tell what have happened. And I do agree with you, John, about the wine-ranging opinions that have, have been spread over this fight. You know, the, the most outrageous one is the people accusing Josh of trying to get out the fight because he knew he was getting hit too hard. I mean, <laughs> at the time when the cut come, you know, he'd been on top for four of those minutes. It was that last couple of minutes of the second round where yeah. you really saw Lara's power. I, I, I just hope we do get to see the third meeting, but obviously that's not going to be... No. Round two, um, staying on a bit of Saturday night, about the zone, the coverage. Um, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see get your, your thoughts. I just thought it, it I was really... First time I've sat down and watched a full the zone show, I'm usually in and out. And I thought they were really good. I thought Laura Woods was good presenting. I enjoyed Tony Bellew. I think Mick Costello is what he is, best the best around. And I thought Andy Lee was fantastic. I enjoyed Chris Lloyd's commentary before and the interviews. And I just think it's a really good package that, that they put together there with the team they've got. Um, I was highly impressed. And, you know, I'd, when you think you're someone like me who picks holes in everything, like we do as journalists and analysts. I think the only thing that I found a bit, not even disappointing, that I would have preferred is at the end of each fight, before you waited the verdict, you'd, um, you know, they'd go, they'd show a clip of someone padding up in the dressing room for the next fight or something. I'd rather just see the drama in the ring. But all in all, I think they made a really good, you know, I'm not, the show weren't the best boxing wise on Saturday night. We was unlucky with Josh Warrington, but I thought, the production and talent they've got was really good. I, I was pretty impressed. I just wonder what you guys thought. 
Yeah, I I sort of feel the same way. I think I think the, the first couple of shows they tried to do too much. It was too busy for look, for our generation, maybe. Steve yeah. Joe and, and, and John's a bit younger, but you know, it's you know, it was too much going on for me. I couldn't focus. But now it's it's more streamlined, and I prefer that. And they got people doing their right job and not trying to do something they can't do. And I think that's was important. So yeah, they have a good mix of. And even just changing the commentary team, you know, for the main fights, yeah. it gives that a little bit of gravitas for for those those headliners, and it's and it's and it's different, and it's and it's yeah, it, it, it you know, as much as I want to criticise, because obviously you know that that's my job that I wanted, but you know, <laughs> they they're good. I feel good to say, yeah, I know fantastic. you are, yeah. I think I think him and Mike, you know, Mike's brilliant. I think him and Mike, you know, they can gel. They still need to learn to 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 be a team. They do. They're both doing separate commentaries at the minute. It sounds great, by the way. I'm not criticising them. I think they will get better. That's the good thing for that. They're good now. They will get even better as they work as they work closer together with each other. And that'll be so. That's a, a great point going forward. But Tony's good when he's allowed to be free and honest, you know. And 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 when he's not a friend of his, which he's which he's open open about. He can't be. Yeah. He can't be like you know honest unless it's and if it's a friend, he's got to be biased. He can't hide, hide it. So he, it was good. Nora Woods is fantastic at the job, and, and the boys before. Look, Darren and Chris, they, they do a very good job also. So, yeah, I, I, I just pretty much just said what you said, Steve, but, but in a Welsh accent, pretty much. <laughs> not, for, not, for a man, not for a man to say exactly the same thing. Know, well, he's only a few seconds left, but I was there, wasn't I? So I didn't watch it. I've not watched it back. But from my opinion, it seemed to fly through. You know, there yeah, wasn't was much no... time, but the fight just went bang, 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 bang. I don't know if that was because of curfews or this new way of doing it, but, God, let's have that every week. It's much better, isn't it? I'll go that. I'll put that to Jim Bentley because he loved that when he could put it Box Nation. Round, round three, over to you, Barry Cinderella Man. The Cinderella Man. There was a fighter in the nine, early 90s called Steve Robinson from Cardiff. He took a fight at 48 hours notice and won a world title against John Davison there up in the Northeast and then went on the run of all runs, beating, you know, first of all, Sean Murphy, we, we, no one fancied him to beat him. Then, then of course, Colin McMillan. And then Paul Hodgson and ended up beating Duke McKenzie. So, you know, he, he went on to have a great run. And he wasn't a journeyman, like people said he was, but he no. was domestic level at best. And I see so many parallels with Maxi Hughes, because Maxi Hughes is not, was never a journeyman. He was always a very good fighter who just couldn't quite get over the line. You know, that's, it just seemed something was there. He couldn't quite get over the line. And, and he hasn't boxed at the height of Steve Robinson. He hasn't won a world title a jet, you no, know, what we a major world title, you no, know, like Steve Robinson had, but he's getting there with he's he's having a run of an Indian summers of, of Indian summers. He really is, you know that John John O'Carroll took that fight and rightly so. It was a fight that a little bit of a test. You know, when 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 Max Hughes boxed him, you no, know, what was that? Eighteen months ago, wherever he was, but Not less than that, I think. Beat, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be. I did the commentary for it. You'll beat him and then you'll move on. You know, and then you'll get you back to world level, and and then he bins that. Then he goes up to Dubai and boxes the the Kazakh uh, Katochikov, who, who yeah. everyone was fancying, good boxer, and he he almost knocked him out. He, well, I can't believe Katochikov to his credit got up off a shot he shouldn't have got up off. And then Maxi Alpoitu, then he beat Thailand, who was a like not the, the no maybe little bit past his best, but still a good win. And he and then Strafon there, we don't know who good Strafon was, but he just knocked out Tennyson, and and Maxi could have stopped him to be fair, but he. He, but he's, he's learned so much from his career, you know, from his losses, and he, he's my sort of fighter because you know, he's the fighter what boxing is all about. You know, because I box from the leisure centres, the, 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 the world your way up with, with no TV coverage, and he's that sort of fighter where you'll get losses because you're taking fights at short notice, you're boxing people who are better than you at that stage of your career, you're taking risks, 
where you maybe shouldn't take because you need the opportunities. But he's garnished so much experience from that. And now, at this level, he's comfortable. No scenario frightens him or makes him panic anymore. And he's, he's as good as he will be. And I think, no, he's, he's a threat for... It's not going to carry the way from the top, the top level, but he's a threat for some really good fighters. You know what? I think... Um... The Steve Robinson is a great analogy, but I also think you can compare him with Josh Warrington in a way. I know Josh has remained unbeaten for a lot longer, but Josh was on those small hall shows. And when he leapt from obscurity against Samir Munemni at Hull's ground on the, a Tommy Coyle, but was it, I'm not sure what Coyle boil it was. It might have been Coyle Campbell. I can't remember. Um, you know, it was that he was in the away corner that night. It was only then that his career leapt, it kicked on as well. But it's remarkable. Now he's got that contract with <laughs> over to you, John. You have a good chat this time. Denzel Bentley, you were cut out then. <laughs> yeah. I, I think if you've spoken to Denzel or spent any time with him, you like him, don't you? He's, he's, he's a good lad, an exciting fighter. And I was looking through, but he makes his comeback this weekend after being stopped by Felix Cash. Do you know it's just over a year? Almost to the day since Denzel fought Mick Hall on one of the very first behind closed door shows down at BT. And at that point, Denzel was a raw, exciting puncher. He was, was always down the cards. You know, he'd be on at six o'clock before the main bill started. And he was someone people thought had potential. Within five months, he'd taken Mick Hall apart. He'd been involved in a real high stakes fight with Heffron. Then a big grudge match with Heffron where he looked really good and made improvements. Before he knew it, he was involved in a big unification fight with Felix Cash. And all this happened behind closed doors in the most sterile, hostile sort of environment you could do. He came unstuck against Cash. You know, Cash was a fantastic amateur, a really good fighter who we've spoken about on him. We think he could touch world sort of level, don't we, Steve? Yeah. But I still think there's plenty there for Denzel. You know, he's disheartened by it. He's desperate to get back winning this weekend. I spoke to him last week and he said... Yeah, he had everything. He said, yeah, I was British champion, but now I've got absolutely nothing again. And he's, he sounds pissed off. I think we're going to get back the old uh, Battersea bomber Denzel. I think he's going to come out firing. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him in action. I, I don't think we should write Denzel off after a Felix Cash. I think there's a real good fighter in there. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him in front of a crowd, up a bill with some backing behind him. And let's get him back up there. I think, I think what you said there about this not writing him off, it's crazy. A guy has one loss. But you have to say that's not right enough yeah. because that's what happens automatically now. No, we, oh, yeah. we, and we sort of we're all victims of it. We we crave about the, this undefeated record thing. You know, people get carried away with it. But then when someone loses, we say, ah, there you go, he's been exposed. But he got beat by a guy who's really good. And even if Felix Cash doesn't move on, he's very good at this level. Yeah. So there's no nothing wrong with that. I think Bentley comes back you no know, Saturday night in 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 a you no. Know, not a, well, a difficult fight against Andrew Robinson. Andrew Robinson, no, I think he'll do a job on Robinson, but he's a tough campaigner who, who looks easy to hit, but he's tough and he fires back. And, and if you give him an opportunity, he'll give you, he'll give you a hard, nice work. So it's a, it's a good fight to come back to. I think he could win, but a fight that he has to be sharp in. And then, and then why doesn't he get it? I think he definitely gets another British title shot, and he can win it, and he can move on from that. Again, as long as you learn, it's a loss. It's not a, it's always a loss. As long as you learn from it. And it doesn't consume you and take away your soul, then it's not the end of the world. You can move on and have more success. And I think that he's the sort of kid who might just do that. I'll just touch a brief what Barry said about people, you know, always writing people off when they lost. And, you know, you can't, and what you said, you can't write Denzel off, John. I just wondered if you think, is there pressure on him this weekend to do a better job than 
you know, Efren done on Andrew Robinson. Obviously, he's coming off a heavy loss to Liam Williams, who is, you know, who's at world level. I just wonder if he feels that sort of pressure at all, John. You speak to him a lot. Well, we've got a way off time, so we'll come back to that one afterwards. Um, no, we don't. We're never going to find out, now. What did he say, John? You tell what us, John. <laughs> does he Rules feel there's pressure on him to do a number? Um, no, I don't think he does. I think he's, I think he's got pressure on himself to wipe the slate clean, but I don't think he feels pressure from outside. It's, it's just all internally. He's pissed and off that's at it. Us, basically. That's important. That's important. You yeah. should always pressure yourself. You're always going to want to better yourself, but don't let it consume you. And the pressure from other people, that's what depresses you. That's what makes you, you know, uncomfortable. That's what makes you angry. That's what takes you out the, out the rhythm. You can't let that bother you. The same with the with the accolades as well, really. But you yeah. put pressure on yourself as an as a as a top class athlete. You should put pressure on yourself. I, not not as much to beat yourself up and say no, and then want to pack in or or you know I'm not good enough. But you should put pressure on yourself to be better than you were the last time. And and that's what success needs. That's what it takes to be successful. That pressure on yourself. There you go. Oh, well, we've overrun in that round. We're, uh, you know, we've had a bit of a Barney afterwards. Well, Bar Barry's had his say afterwards. Round five, we'll start <laughs> now then, John. Um, Evander Holyfield back in a licensed fight at eight days' notice against Vitor Belfort. He's 59 in just over a month, middle of October. And I've got to ask, when is this nonsense going to stop? I mean, how this has been licensed by the Florida, is it Florida Commission or whatever ones it is? I think it's a Florida Commission. I mean, yeah. he's taken a, a lot, a lot of punishment and it, it just seems that he's over his career. And apart from monetary game, what is there between, you know, a guy who's virtually getting his bus pass against a 44 year old washed up MMA fighter, you know, and now you talk, of Riddick Bowe coming back, who's, who's even in a worse condition than Hollerfield. Talk of Tyson Lennox. And what frightens me with this stuff is one day, one of these guys who's 55 is going to go in a real fight. That is scary. And that's going to happen the way this stuff is going. It's getting totally out of hand. And you're going to end up with a 55-year-old in against some fringe contender who's 28, 29, unless this stops. I can see that happening. I don't see how it how it finishes. I don't think how, I don't see. How, I think it, this is just part of it. Again, I got no issue with YouTubers. It's just them getting licenses. It's my only issue is that they get licenses. That's all my issue is the fact that they fight each other or MMA fighters. It doesn't matter. It's not real boxing. But the old people, the older fighters, boxing like 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 even Roy Jones and Tyson. I didn't watch that. I didn't want to see that. Because they've already sustained a lot of damage, like we all have. But theirs has been more because they box at a higher level for longer with more fights, no superstars. And now, how can that be good for them? It can't be good for you. It's it's like you can't get a you can't get a speed camera on your road. This car's going up my road 50 miles an hour to 30 every night. I can't get a camera outside here until someone gets killed. Until until there's a fatal accident on my road, they won't put a speed camera on my road. It's horrible to say it, but I think that's what it takes. So I hope it continues because I don't want that to happen. But I think until someone gets seriously hurt, but it's not about the fatalities. I'm worried about the long the, the, yeah. with everything in boxing. It's the long it's the long term effects. It affects us all. I retired at 20, 26, 25 at my last fight. I retired at twenty six, a young boy. But I have effects on fights. I had a long amateur career. I had a lot of fights as an amateur, and you know not so many as a pro. But I took a few whacks, and 
So the longer you go on, the worse that has to be the long-term effects. We see loads of boxers from yesteryear who were brilliant, articulate, fantastic fighters, didn't take a punch, we thought, relatively, and now they can't string a sentence together. Like, I just couldn't then. You know, and, and that's, <laughs> but it's a worry, isn't it? I mean, we, we don't want that. And, and, and these, these great fighters now are already slurring their words, Hollerfield, Riddick Bowe especially, and they're going to fight and take more damage. Well, if they don't get hurt in the ring, nobody cares. But then five years down the line, what, what are they doing? They're, they're walking down the street one day and they're lost. Round six, we're over to you again, Barry. Anyone, not for tennis, anyone for juice? <laughs> anyone for juice. It's, also, it's obviously the, the Oscar Valdez scenario, uh, the fiasco with the, with the drugs again. And it's, where does it end? I don't know what, again, it just, I just what I spoke about with the speed camera scenario, you know, does someone have to die in the ring before people take real action with, with people taking performance enhancing drugs or diuretics. But that's the same because people just think it's might not be stuff that makes you fitter, stronger, you no know, faster. But if it's helping you lose weight, it does make you fitter, stronger, faster because you can because losing weight is part of the whole process of a fighter. You know, or, or you don't lose weight, but you have to go up a weight like I did. And then you fight in bigger guys, but they take the risk of, you know, you, if you lose a lot of weight to make the weight, then, your your energy tank is smaller than someone else's. That's just natural, of course, and so you risk that for for, for early gains for early gains in the fight. But no, if, if a guy can maintain that level because he's he's, he's made that weight using drugs, then he's, then that's a cheat, and that is that's that helps your performance. So it's a performance enhancing drug, and what and he was fantastic against Burchelt. I didn't give him a chance against Burchelt. No, not I. a million years. I didn't, honestly, God, and he. Not the knockout for me. It was the way he boxed. He was fantastic. Now I question why he kept that level of energy up for so long. But where does it? No one's. No one's getting punished. They're getting six month bans when they only fight twice a year and it's out the season. Or they get. He's boxing Saturday for God's sake. He's still fighting. I think. I'm pretty sure he's still fighting Saturday. Yeah, he is, yeah. Oh, the, oh the fuck! Can you can you fail a test? Yes, you failed the test. Everyone's, no one's hiding the fact you failed it. He's apologised. I've never taken drugs, but obviously you have because it's in your blood. And no, he's still fighting. Like, what the? Like, I know, listen, I know boxing is a horrible sport. I know it is. And we all know that. But that is literally like, that's like, oh, can you get away? Oh, can you just sanction out? Can you honestly hold your head up high and say, no, there's nothing wrong with this? And and Constance so he needs the money. He can't. No, he's, I, I would take the fight if it was me, by the way. But, like, he's risking his life now. What if, what if, what if something happened and it would have happened anyway? Yeah. But it happens now. And, like, that's manslaughter. Yeah. It's, it's I, I don't get all Tony Bellow about it, but, you know, it's, you know, something's got to right, give. Right. If, if there's no. so many loopholes, isn't there all these WADA, VADA, who follows which rules, who implements, who takes results from one and makes a ruling on it? It's too complicated. And because there's so much money at stake, these these lawyers, promoters, TV companies will jump through any possible loophole, no matter how small it is, to make sure the fights go on. Like, it's disgusting, really. It, I saw something say, well, it's not, he failed an out of competition test. But if it's if this substance is bad enough to be considered a failure out of competition, well, surely it's bad enough to be considered a, a legal drug in competition. You know, it's still a it's still an illegal drug. Like you say, Barry, if, if it's helping you lose weight, 
you're not diminishing yourself in training as much as the guy you're fighting. And that's no, the benefit as well. You know, how far out the training is it? Because you know, you're making weight. So he, he might be yeah. 13 stone, so he's got down to 7 stone. I'm just, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but you know. And then he starts training, and then he starts training, now I'm in competition. You know, it's yeah. like, look, Liam Cameron had a sniff of cocaine. Like, you know, uh, no, no, a recreational drug, and he admitted it. He got banned. Oh, yeah. Finished his career. No, and I, I'm not saying he shouldn't have got banned because I, I, I don't do drugs. So I'm, I'm anti-drugs, especially in sports. But you know, this is not worse than the other kid. Yeah. No, nowhere near as worse. Like it's not as bad as him. I don't think, or, or it's still worse. And so what? What? Like what? Be, there's no, there's no level playing field for anyone. That's the thing. And the same with. With every, you know, and we've had over here, Didion White had an issue, and we don't know exactly what went on there. There was discrepancies, and then and then the UCAD sort of you know, recanted a little bit, so we don't know really what went on. But that that was suspicious, and I don't want to single anyone out. But there's been many cases like that. They're not alone. They're not alone. So we need a we need a, someone to go. This is what it is, and anything else. And if you and if and if you if you accidentally take me over the counter, accidentally, it's one of those that's tough. It's got to be something like that. I feel no, it's got to be. It's got to be. Like yeah. Enzo McInerney had an issue. And, and I know Enzo's not a cheat. I know Enzo's not a cheat. He, had, he took some powder. There was an accident. And he had a little ban. But he's not. I know he's not a cheat. It was an accident. But still, you know, if, if the ban him for life would help. Like, and I love Enzo. And I don't know him, I just, he's a perfect example. I know, he, I, know, I know he's not. I know 100% he's not a cheat. But if the ban him for life would save all these other real cheats, from potential from earning millions and, and ruining careers on their way, by the way, because they're because they're cheating, then that's just one of those things. Like I had a problem with my brain scan, I was a fall guy because I was the first one. Well, it ruined my life. But if it saved other lives, then that's that was just one of those horrible and unfortunate things. It has to happen to somebody. And I think if we have a we have just a, a blanket thing, this is what it is, anything above or below whatever it is, and you're done. And then we all know then, and then because boxers are paranoid, by the way. We're paranoid people. I'm still paranoid now. That's why I'm worried you're going to ring the bell. I'm fuming over it. But like, no, it's, no. It's, don't talk, I'm talking. <laughs> but it's, it's a case of, we're so paranoid, I can't believe you wouldn't take something. No, no, no. Now we know. Now we know. Like, when Enzo did his thing with the powder, nobody really knew. Now we all know. So you have a boxing ball that gives you a list of stuff, and you don't put nothing in your mouth unless you know it's safe. They've got nutritionists now. They've got everyone to do stuff for them. So, like, you know, it's easier than it was before. I don't know why. You know, and if you do get caught now, then you know. Or well, you're trusting some guy. Because, again, you're paranoid. You're not going to trust, especially these, these rich boxers. You're not going to trust some guy you don't know. No, you know what's going in your body. Oh, I don't know. I didn't know what he was doing. Yes, you do. I can't have it. I, I, that's the truth of it. I won't say this on, a, on I won't, I would never say this on telly. I would, you know, I would say, oh. <laughs> but, you know, no, seriously, it is doing it. And it's because it's. No, forget about them cheating and winning. It's you know, the losses that the other guys are taking. They might never come back from that. That might ruin it. They might have had hall of fame, hall of fame careers, and they've been stunted because someone has cheated and beat them up. Like if Canelo's cheated all his career, he's bashed some people up, haven't he? All, yeah. Along the way, battered well, some people. Can't, can't say Sal's not going to be given getting title shots every six months, is he? Like, this is a big thing for Robson Conceza, and he's going in yeah. against someone who's failed to test him a build up. It's it's, it's wrong. I just think, you know, Barry, you spoke brilliantly there. I agree with what you say. I just think it's such a big problem in boxing. And what doesn't happen is, you know, it's all what sorts out everyone's agenda um, for promoters, broadcasters. Like this week, 
We haven't heard a word from Top Rank or ESPN Plus or ESPN. We're actually part of Disney who are letting this thing, this fight go on their, their network this weekend. Um, if that had been a PBC or maybe an Eddie fighter, Eddie or a Frank Warren who had failed a test and it was, you know, and Bob Arum, had, it was something Bob Arum could jump on because he had the opponent. He would have been all over it. Absolutely all over it. And, and while these people also got their own agendas, promoters, broadcasters, managers, we're not going to cure what or solve what is a major problem in boxing globally. And I'm telling you this, it's not just a problem in American boxing. It's a problem worldwide. It's going on in this country, you know, whether you like it or not. It's going on under our noses and people are getting away with it, you know, through masking agents, not enough testing. It's going on. And, you know, look, I'm not, I, I, I've heard names and obviously I'd never, I couldn't say them because I must have my arse sued up and I don't believe a lot of them. But it goes on in this country. And when there's such, when there's money at stake, people will take risks. And going back to what you said, Barry, you know, these guys who are taking these supplements, they're usually, they're men with children. They fathered children. That's the, you're old enough in your mid-twenties to know the difference between right or wrong. They're not a 15-year-old in the amateur gym doing what, you know, some amateur coaches tell them or a PE teacher who, you know, an amateur coach, you might not have much clue, but they're still following. These are guys who know the difference between right or wrong. That's when you have no sympathy. And what I do on Box Rec, for anyone who's failed a test, I'd put an asterisk and put what they sound, what they found. <laughs> like, you know, when you have Ralph, in the years ago before you, I remember Citro's fight facts. You, if a boxer was suspended, you know, you, when I used to work at newspapers in the late 80s, the only way of getting American records was through Citro and your paper would buy a subscription and Mickey Duff and all them would fib you about records and all that. And then me and Buncey would get the record and they'd say what it really is. Calls, calls Buncey <laughs> and me mur murders. But on that would say, it would give you how many suspensions they've had from commissions in their career. So you could say he's been knocked out four times and was suspended after three of them. He can't <laughs> fight there. And that's what boxers should do. Put when they failed the drug test. Put an asterisk next to their name. So it's there in print. Everyone's on Boxerec. Yeah. So that's my oh, say. Anyone want no, anything else to add? No, no. It's, it's, I think we've said it all, haven't we? It's disgusting. That's the bottom line of it. It's the, and money's ruling it. And you, you can also... Certain fighters are with certain stables, aren't we? You know, I, I've got no doubt whatsoever yeah. that Valdez, he's been allowed to fight this weekend. You know, no one's made a fuss of it because of who he's trained with. Of course and it is, yeah. Trying to carry favour with certain promoters and certain fighters because there's so much money down the line. It, it all stinks. It all stinks. Everybody knows the score, but I think money just rules everything at the moment. Money's ruling the big names coming back. Money's ruling this, and nothing's. No, no. Sorry, sorry, John, because like, you no, know, this is my, my, my podcast now, isn't it, for the next yeah, like, yeah. 10 minutes? <laughs> but, um, you, you've got, you've got like, six minutes, 41 seconds before the light bulb goes uh, off on this. I can, I can tell you a story what happened last week. No, but it's um, my, big, my real worry is. Um, the kids coming up because you'll just see this because everything for the extra gain and the, and the higher up the levels you come, the smaller the gains can be the biggest the difference. Uh, you know, the, just those little things make a big difference when you're both really good. So that little extra bit of juice or whatever they take or powder or injecting things in your buttocks, whatever it is, can make the huge difference. But when they're not getting penalised, like really penalised for it, then these young kids coming into the sport will be desensitized by it all. They won't see it as a problem. Well, if Canelo can get away with it, if he did, 
I don't know, allegedly, I don't know. But again, see, we're all, and we're all scared to say it, just in case we all get sued or, yeah. or, or upset anybody. But that's, sorry, that's the thing. You know, all these kids will see it and go, well, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. And, and, and that's how it is. And you'll do it. And you'll, and, 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 and then everyone will be in the, everyone will be taking drugs and there won't be, and there'll be no room for anyone taking, for anyone to be tested. will not be any point. Everyone will be taking juice. Maybe athletics have had this problem, haven't they? You know, yeah. they've just gone, everyone's taking juice, you know, so it is what it is. But And we ban them, I don't know how it works out, but they're not taking more title backs of people for taking drugs because they can't, because they're saying we can't get, we can't prove you took a drug, you know, for that fight. But I just think if you're taking, if you're taking drugs once, this, you know, it, the chance of being your first time is, is massively like, is yeah, massively against you. You know, you if you're taking it once, your whole record should be stripped. That's the truth of it, to be honest. Nice. And then imagine that happening. To, imagine having some huge name. You know, you, you've taken drugs. You've got a fine, like sixty percent. Like I used to say, I, I'd find I'd find a fight at fifty percent if he doesn't make the weight or some or some recidivist. Yeah, I, like I would. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, because sometimes some fights cheap, don't they? With that, that's mm. cheap in itself. But I mean. Certainly with the drugs, you find huge fines and ban them for a couple of years. It, it takes the soul out of your career. It could make the difference between a great fighter and a rich man to being a mediocre fighter and a poor man. Because now, taking drugs is that as well. It be the difference between you being a mediocre fighter and a poor man or a great fighter and a rich man. I'd flip it. If you could go, yeah, do that, and you take all the drugs and you're famous and you're rich and you're successful and you're brilliant. If you get caught, we take it all off you. They all get sued, and all the fighters you fight, you face can sue you for loss of earnings because their careers could have gone where yours is. It would never be done, of course. But you imagine that the risk that if you take drugs, you're banned for three years. Three years in a boxing career is a career in itself, especially at the high level. You know, and 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 then they might think twice about doing that. But like you said, money talks, and you know, boxing is the biggest whore in sports, and we all know that. And, and, and that's how it goes. But yeah. But I, I, this podcast was too nice. So I thought so that, I'd have to have a moan or something. Well, and... I'll tell you what, I've, you know, we've tried to put the world to the right tonight, <laughs> but I think Barry just about trampled all over the world. He's off, <laughs> you're off to play football for your Monday night team when you play in your white Benfica shirts. And I dread to say, I'd just, I'd just hate someone to recognize you, come up to you and say that Oscar Valdez was unlucky because the first time you go into a tackle, they're going six foot in the air there. <laughs> Barry, what is it now? It's 20 to 8. Barry will have been an early bath at quarter past eight. <laughs> I just hope there's not an Oscar Valdez fan, you know. You know. I'm playing half eight now, actually. I've got to go. But listen, right. yeah, that's my thing anyway. I think, you no, know, but forget about that. What Maxi Hughes did on Saturday. And what he's done in the last like three or four fights, you know what? You've you makes you makes you forget all the shit. Just, yeah, on, just on Max, just on Max Hughes before we go, I'll read you something. When it got announced he was he was fighting this strafe on, I sent Maxie a little text saying good fight for you, and this is what he replied: "This kid is basic. I've just got to not stand in front of him and I'll win easy." And he said that for three months ago. You know, you know what? To, we talked to Maxie and we wrote. Ago. He's brilliant. And you know what, John? I did an interview him for VIP TV before the fight before this. And even like 10 days before the fight, he was still getting up at five in the morning, doing a bit of training and then getting in his little full transit and going to work as a painter and decorator. Yeah. Brilliant. 
Yeah. Hobie's yeah, not at work today anyway. Hobie's not gone back painting walls today and <laughs> I think decorating. He, I, think him, I think they give him five or six weeks off before this fight to train. But uh, it's all confidence with Maxi. And now he's he's in that gym. They believe in him. They're giving him time and giving him tactics. And he's he's seen that it's worked. He, he's just become a different fighter, hasn't he? It's fantastic. I just hope that, you know, next three, four fights, he, ma he makes enough money anyway and just and gets out of this sport for something because, you know, you, you know if, if fighters can get out what they put in, he's someone who's more deserving than most, most of that, you know. So, yeah. good, you know, that, that last year, he, look, in two of those fights, he was the B-side, John Carroll and the Kazakh. So, and Ireland was a, was a hard fight, and now he's, he's there on his own. And I want him to see him become an A-side. And you know what? I don't know if you know him, Barry. He's, he's a lovely, lovely fella. There's no airs or graces, no ego. He's Maxi from his little town in Yorkshire. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of this. I am. And just the way, you know, because he's had to do it the hard way. And, I, and you appreciate that more than all the Olympians coming into the sport. And they're brilliant. And we love those, of course. But he's had to do it from the ground up. And people don't realise how... I, I, I did that myself, Steve. You don't realise how difficult that is. Right, fellas, we've got less than about half a minute left. So, uh, we have, before it goes out, the 40 minutes we've had, it's been really good talking to you, Barry. Enjoy football, and we'll get you on in a couple of months, I hope. It's always loved seeing you. I only see you on here these days. And, John, oh, I know, never, I'll let you get back to Lloyd the dog. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm rushing this because we're about to get cut off here. Um, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for your time, Barry and John, and everyone else. Thanks, Steve. Cheers, fellas. It's going to get going any second, so I'll speak to you all soon. For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across the north, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.